Welcome to Beyond the Beats. My name is Samir Singhal. Thank you guys so much for joining us for a really, really special episode. This is our second Artist Spotlight, and we are so thrilled to have Aki on the show with us this week. Alec and I were very fortunate enough to catch her at Analog in Brooklyn when she opened for Chami. What an amazing night that was. We talked about it on either episode 9 or 10, and she is just such a nice person. She heard our podcast. She's putting out some amazing mixes on SoundCloud. She's got her own mix series. She's playing at some of the hottest clubs here in New York and a festival here in the tri-state area. And all right, enough of the gushing from my end. Aki, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys so much for having me and you know, giving me a shout out as an opener. I mean, you know, you don't always uh, have the privilege of getting that. So uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, we were just honestly super, super stoked. And I mean, that whole night, though, was amazing. Alec and I and, you know, the rest of our group and just from what we could see in the crowd, I mean, people were just constantly, constantly moving, you know, even the openers before you and while you were playing and right into Chami, the whole night was just one hell of a groove. And uh, we're just really, really, really pumped that we get a chance to talk to somebody who was who made that night so amazing. I mean, like, tell us about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, you know, you have a pretty interesting background in terms of like where you're from and how did you land here in Brooklyn, New York? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Singapore, Australia, um, but well, I grew up in Australia and then Singapore. Um, and then I actually came here for university. So I went to Barnard, um, which is the Women's College of Columbia. And uh, after I graduated, I just, you know, stayed on. I didn't um, immediately start, you know, DJing or anything. I just, you know, started pursuing a, a regular, you know, nine to five job, which I actually still have. Um, and then, yeah, gradually got to the music scene and um, fell in love with New York and uh, decided to stay on. That must be pretty tough, though. You know, you your career, it seems like it's going very well here in the New York City area. And then you're also juggling a nine to five job as well. Like, how, how do you keep up with all that? Yeah, man, it's tough. Um, you know, I only have a couple of set hours to really be working on music. I mean, I struggled at first to really like have energy when I came home from work to not just, you know, go to the gym and lie on the couch and call it a night. Like you really have to motivate yourself and, you know, do little things that keep you disciplined. Like don't open Netflix until you've actually worked on a track. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a a dangerous hole to fall down. (laughs) It really is. It really is. And, um, have allocated, you know, days where maybe you don't do music and you do treat yourself. So, um, it took a while to be able to balance it, but, um, you know, I think I'm finally there and I just, I have a routine during the week where I just come home from work you know, immediately uh, grab some media and just open Ableton and like go straight for it. Um, I'm also kind of thankful to have a nine to five job, you know, just to not really think about the financial side as much. And having a steady mm. income is, you know, really a game changer um, in the music scene. Cause Absolutely. Not every artist gets that. Right. Right on. You know, and we're super pumped to, you know, be talking to you soon about like, what are you producing? You know, what are you working on? But I mean, let's just start. Let's start right at the top. I mean, let's talk about your origins. How did you first get into DJing and producing electronic music? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I guess um, I was exposed to electronic music in Singapore, um, I owe a lot to the Singapore nightlife. It's not really a place that you think has a crazy nightlife, but it, it really did when I was growing up there. And we had a ministry of sound, um, actually, when I was growing up there. So we had oh, a nice. lot of, yes, yeah, so we had a lot of, you know, uh, Euro house DJs passing through um, all the time. And um, 
they had like, you know, retro disco nights as well. So I got exposed to a lot of kind of like 70s disco. They had like hip hop as well. Um, so it was just hmm. like a diversity of music and the nightlife scene there. Um, and it was, you know, just very accessible. Um, you, you know, don't have to be 21 to go out there and it's like really safe. So I had the privilege of being, you know, able to explore that and, you know, being able to go out to concerts all the time. Um, and then I just messed around. Um, everyone starts on garage band or fruity loops. Right. So that was definitely where I started like working on samples, um, you know, sampling and, you know, remixing, doing my own kind of bootlegs here and there and then kind of pulled like stopped producing for a little bit just wasn't sure where that was going and then started kind of um fast forward a couple of years later you know DJing out here and then I realized how much I really did get into this to be able to produce my own music and you know show the world like the kind of music that I like and want to put out there and you know really try to use that to differentiate myself as an artist so that's kind of like, you know, my journey in a nutshell, though obviously a lot of other things that happened along the way, but um, right. that's, uh, yeah, pretty much the long story, the short of it. That's awesome. Like, I, I love hearing about that, where it's like, you know, you started off getting into it and then took a little bit of a breather, but came back to it and realized how much you're really into it. I feel like there's probably a lot of producers out there as well who could who could relate to that. So do you, is there anything that you could think about that, kind of gave you that inspiration to get back into back into the game and start producing being like yeah you know I can actually do this hell I can go out and open for a guy like Charmy I mean that is some that's it's yeah. absolutely amazing <laughs> huge absolutely huge thanks um yeah I mean I think for every artist it's different for me it's like there are, there were just songs in my head that were not there so I was like you know <laughs> that did not exist and there are sounds in my head that did not exist and it was one of those things where I was like, if it did not exist, then I was going to work on creating it. You know what I mean? And when mm-hmm. you get that Love feeling, that. you know that you have something special to bring to the table and um, just like many artists do. And you really should, you know, work really hard to make that happen. Awesome. That's that's, that's amazing. And, you know, it's kind of kind of speaking of producing electronic music, you know, you mentioned to us that you're about to release your first original soon. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My previous that's releases awesome. have been like collabs and this is my first um, independent release. That's not a remix. It's actually an original. Um, so yeah, we, we just got that signed to a, um, a pretty major label that um, I unfortunately can't um, name right now, but um, no problem. I'm excited for that to uh, come out when it comes out. Right. And uh, do you have an anticipated release date yet for it? No, not yet. We're still working on that timing, but hopefully in the next awesome. two months. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, Alec and I are super stoked to uh, to hear that. And, you know, you, you you seem to be really into house music. So is that the kind of sound that you were also going for? Yeah. Um, it's kind of a nice intersection of like um, kind of like, you know, industrial analog sounds, so a lot of like drum patterns um, kind of mixed in with more like acid bass lines and it uh, has a bit of like an alternative story to it. So I, I actually sampled like a spoken word artist. Um, so a poem oh, that nice. I, I really awesome. liked. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll send you guys the private link so you can take a peek at it. But listeners of the podcast, you know, definitely keep an eye on Aki's uh, SoundCloud profile and her socials. We're going to have links to those in our show notes, which you can easily check out, you know, in your podcasting app or, you know, on Facebook when we release this episode there. Uh, but yeah, very, very pumped to hear that that original by you. But tell me, like, are there any trends right now 
in the electronic music scene that are really exciting you? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, personally speaking, the most relevant trend right now is really just, uh, you know, bridging the gender, um, the gender gap in the industry. Like, there's always been a lot of female talent out there. And that wasn't, you know, always recognized. And I think um, it's a really beautiful thing that a lot of, you know, promoters and bookers are just actively doing their part to make sure that um, women and, you know, gender nonconformist artists are actually being represented, um, you know, in, in the, in the right way, in a balanced way on lineups moving forward. So I think that's something that's really nice. That's really, you know, driving the industry forward. So it's less about a sound right now. I think more about that culture of inclusiveness and, um, promoting diversity, which um, I'm really excited about. That's, that's, I love that. We love that. Like, you know, I know Samir and I were, were talking about it before, but we thought that, you know, this particularly is one of the reasons why we really wanted to speak with you. Uh, you know, like, t- tell me a little bit, I think everyone would really love to hear a little bit more about the things that, that you're doing to, to help this. And have you seen, you know, what, what's the transition from? Is this something that wasn't really focused on before to now artists such as yourself are really bringing this into more of the limelight? You know, what, what's the, the vibe of this? Is it becoming, is it getting any better? Yeah, I th- I think it definitely is. I mean, you know, I see promoters like actively, you know, reaching out and, and booking more women. I, I have promoters coming to me all the time asking me, you know, of any other um, female artists that I know that they should be booking. And I actually have a mixed series called Midnight Snack um, that focuses only on um, female and GNC artists. And it was kind of a way for people just to go to one place and immediately see like, you know, 11 artists that they may not necessarily know about because um, I know, you know, not everyone has a time to kind of, you know, go out there and find them, especially when they're not as well known. So I'm kind of like trying to enable that and make that a little easier so that it's less of a hurdle to actually be, um, you know, a bit more balanced in lineups moving forward. That's so, that's really cool. I remember you um, said that when we had chatted a little bit before and I, I took a look, I took a look and I was like, wow, these are some really awesome artists that, you know, I, I'm not going to lie that I wouldn't have, have heard of or probably came across. So, you yeah. know, and, and, but that, that's just the beauty of it, right? That you're able to, to help people out and you're contributing something uh, greater than yourself, which I think so hats off uh, for you doing that. Do, do you have anything in, in the pipeline uh, for that? Is this something that could turn into more? Or is it just, you know, something you think is just going to maintain as just being a series, like a mix series? Yeah, you know what? If I had the time, I would love to grow it into something way more than that. Like, you know, a potential label, like maybe like a, a really cool blog, um, you know, an event series. Um, it's definitely an idea that's crossed my mind, especially to turn it into an event series. Um, maybe in like August when I have a bit more time to, to think about that. But um, right now, I think I'm just going to, you know, keep it as the uh, the guest mix features and um, the interviews um, on my SoundCloud and, you know, just try to um, use that as a, as a platform to really get as many artists as possible out there. And um, I'm hoping with my releases as well, there will be more traction, you know, to my platforms and to my socials to also kind of have like a snowball effect and have people also you know pay more attention to the series yeah i mean i tell you samir we've got to start bombarding people we're going to plug this every episode until she's able to make this into a label because i think this could be really really cool yeah <laughs> it's like you know, we'll start a whole yeah. we'll get you some interns we'll get a whole marketing team for you we'll we'll we'll, we'll help you out with that <laughs> there we go we're gonna make this happen come on guys this is, this is we could do it i would not turn that down <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that Samir and I also wanted to ask you too, and I think this is a, is a nice segue into it is, 
are there any other trends from right so you mentioned how becoming more inclusive as an industry and, and closing that gender gap that's probably one trend that you you've identified as being something that is going in the right direction are, are there any other trends yeah. that you see that really get you excited or ones that you you know you don't really like to see um hmm no uh i don't think it's anything that um i i don't really like to see um I, I do see a bit of a, uh, you know, a gravitation, I think, more towards um, intimate spaces again. I mean, I don't know mm. if it's that maybe that's just more mm. of like a, a New York, uh, Brooklyn thing. But um, I feel like, you know, it's less about going to like these like huge spaces anymore. And people just tr- really trying to find out where like, you know, the niche kind of DIY spaces are where like, you know, the niche um, artists are planning to really try to discover, you know, something new. So while it's really great to play these like awesome hotspots, I think everyone is just constantly being pushed to try something new, do something new. Um, and I think it also brings up another interesting idea of also, you know, thinking about your sets being more than just like DJ sets. Like I just saw Jack Jones yesterday, um, who did a live set at Elsewhere and, you know, he had like a full blown setup. And, um, I think a lot of artists now are trying to figure out how to, you know, really bring something different to the table. So, um, you know, making more of like a niche experience and more intimate play spaces, but also um, not just kind of pressing the play button and like going like track to track, but like seeing where they can have, you know, more live vocalists or actually be like, you know, playing drums live over their tracks and um, kind of like bringing a bit more kind mm-hmm. of uh, life and dimensions to their um, to their performances and making a real performance, you know. We love the whole, you know, idea of live shows and creating things as being more uh, of an experience, right? Because that that's one of the things when I tell people who may listen to this podcast, you know, and I, I've had people... Uh, friends, you know, say, wow, I didn't realize it, you know, that there was just so much in this, in this industry, in, in, in the music yeah. itself. And I think having the visuals and having, you know, the true performance aspect of it is really what can, and can show people that, you know, so, so it sounds to me like you're pretty, are you pretty focused on, uh, you know, later on the line, getting some real uh, live show performances perhaps or any type of special visual setup what, what are your thoughts on that yeah um I definitely um especially with my first production there's a lot of kind of real um analog drum patterns in there and I'm thinking about maybe trying to figure out how to play the drums live um you know when I play this oh, nice. moving forward or something like that um so really trying to see where I can get a bit more of like you know, a live setup going for sure. And then, yeah, eventually I'm really trying to think about like how to make it more of like a visual experience, you know, whether that's kind of um, getting some help to, you know, create my own visuals to really kind of differentiate my brand that way. Okay. I mean, I'm interested to know, are there any artists that you feel right now are just doing this exceptionally well in the scene? Like, are there any artists that are uh, inspiring you to want to make this more of a live experience? Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. Let me think about that for a second. No worries. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. She'll back become that like inspiration for other people. <laughs> you know, be the change you want to see. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, you know what? I mean, I, again, I, t- you know, I talk about uh, Jax Jones because I may be so fresh in my mind. Um, I just, you know, saw his set last night and, um, you know, he did have like a really great, way of having this like a live setup that was really well synced with like his visuals that really make his brand like his brand 
um, and it's all very like you know recognizable um, and all just like you know the minute you see it like you know it's him and you know you know that he's like you know touch that chino you know that you know he's had a, a role to play in um, everything going on so actually I uh, you know really enjoyed that um, that performance yesterday uh, that he did and kind of like you know bringing all that together that's awesome that's great I'm, I'm glad yeah. that you know that's another person I need to to be checking out I think Samir don't you think we probably Absolutely. definitely got to check this out yeah, dude, I've heard uh, Jax Jones is pretty great live. You know, so, and Aki just confirmed that you heard it here first on Beyond the Beats, guys. So that's awesome. <laughs> you, you know, I still have to. I have to take you to see him because uh, Aki. I don't know. Do you do you really know him very well at all? Have you have you chatted with him? Like how well do you know uh, I actually him? just met him last night. Um, I had the oh, opportunity oh, that's to because awesome. um, my my friend was actually closing out the show, so um, I was able to you know go go hang he's a really nice guy um yeah no the show was great um actually um the opener before him uh, i forgot his name but um chrome sparks yes uh he was oh, incredible sparks, as yeah. well yeah, yeah yeah he was huh. he was great he played played a straight dj set um not a live set but um he was amazing as well yeah no i've never seen chrome Sparks. you know it's funny i know he's uh pretty popular actually in san francisco I know quite some a few people seem to listen to him here. A few people have mentioned to me they're like, "Oh, you should talk to Chrome Sparks." So it's really funny that you should uh, yeah. that that you brought that up. But um, but yeah, so I actually saw I saw Jax Jones at Hideout in do you do you know that festival Hideout Croatia? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, so, yeah, I saw him. Uh, he did like a, a yacht party thing there, so he just seemed like a really fun guy. Like he, you know, had to like go pee during the middle of the set, and he like hopped down and like <laughs> poured. He was like he brought down the bottle like to distract people from that. He had to hop off, and the other guys had to come on, and he literally was pouring like shots down people's throats, and then went to the bathroom and came back. I was like, that's the most legend move you could pull during a thing. So um, I'm glad to hear that he's also a good guy. Um, yeah he is and I think yesterday was one of his first he said it was his first live show but I wasn't sure if that was in New York or ever um I'm pretty sure it's not ever it it might have just been in New New York but um it's definitely one of his the first times he's uh he's doing this that's so awesome I mean you know we we kind of mentioned uh you know hideout festival but Akia are there any like festivals or any you know venues that you really just absolutely love um like in general yeah let's say like from a from a perspective of playing at them and also from a perspective of of attending them themselves yeah in terms of venues um i think my favorite venue to play today is still house of yes um that oh, place nice. is just uh, oh that place is just something else um right it's it's just like the energy is just is so different it's such like an anything goes vibe and um, it's like a big space, but it's also it feels really intimate. So it's it's really nice to just it's really nice to play there because you feel the audience is just really like a, a part of what you're doing, and you have no idea what's going to happen like during your set. Like there's like aerialists and <laughs> people like walking <laughs> around awesome. half naked. <laughs> like you just like <laughs> you you just never know like uh, what's going to happen, and the magic in like that venue is just incredible. Um, and then I, I guess apart from many times of festivals, um, I played mystery land a couple of times and, um, Oh, whoa. That was, nice. that was, yeah, that was great. Um, I got the opportunity to play uh, a nighttime set as well as a daytime set. And, and both were just like phenomenal. Um, it was, uh, the organization bang on, and I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with them, but, um, yep, they're definitely. Like, yeah. So, uh, they have like their own, you know, setup. Um, they have their own setup almost every year. So, 
they took a bunch of us there and, you know, um, put us on a bus and um, right in the middle of the festival. And, uh, yeah, we, we played. And it was a really, really great experience. Just the energy there is, is so cool. And, you know, there's just – you never know what to expect again. And I just – I love it when I'm playing a set and all of a sudden there's someone, like, you know, dancing in the air or, like, you know, <laughs> jumping on the bus, like, on top of me. And I have, like, fire breathers and, like, I have no idea right. what to expect. <laughs> so love that. Um, yeah, that was really cool. That's super neat. Like, have we – have you been there, Samir? To Mysteryland? Yeah, to also like uh, House of Yes. Oh no, I've, I haven't been to either, dude. But I, I've heard House of Yes is actually an amazing, amazing venue. I gotta, I gotta make my way into there, man. Yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta we'll do some out. more Brooklyn, yeah, some more Brooklyn venues. I feel like I've just been doing a lot of the same ones over and over again. And then obviously Rip Output, that was so sad when they closed down. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah definitely, definitely trying to find some more places to check out in Brooklyn and New York City itself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, nothing can sorry, beat the output sound system. Oh, and I was going to say, like, that was definitely a, a great sound system to play on, and I actually had the privilege of playing on that one time. Yeah, wow. that's oh, incredible. Oh, man, <laughs> that must have been awesome. Yeah. Wow. Those Function 1s are no joke. Alec, I mean, come on, right? I mean, how many times have we just, like, we, we brought earplugs to that club before because, like, it's loud, <laughs> but that sound is so crisp and so well-balanced. Man, I miss it so much. Know, I'm getting right? very nostalgic right yeah. now. Actually, you just yeah. reminded me kind of to your earlier question on who's, you know, doing kind of the live setup really well. Um, when I played there, I actually played with Goldfish and oh, they, nice. they were amazing. Uh, they just had such a diversity of instruments set up and you kind of like, you know, never knew what to expect. I mean, you know, one minute they're on the keyboard, next minute they're on the guitar and like their, their sets are really um they're just, you know, thought out really well. Like, you know, one minute they're really light, the next minute they're really dark, and they just kind of, you know, go in and out. They really um, put together all these really nice kind of African elements to their sound. Uh, they just, oh, cool. And it's just full of energy as well. And um, I was always really impressed um, to watch them play and um, see their setup. So that's definitely um, a band and a DJ duo that's uh, doing it really well. Love that. We'll definitely have to check them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. Um, I think they're playing a boat party over the summer, actually. Ooh. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, I'll those. look out for that event. That looks cool. <laughs> yeah. I have no problem going and checking them out there. That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Do you, do you have any preferences or, like, you know, do you, have you been able to play, like, boat parties? Like, do you have any crazy stories about places that you've played or, or anything like that? Um, Actually, my craziest story is, is probably back to Bang On, where um, I remember the first time I played their party – uh, I, I got into a car accident on the way to my oh, set. So oh, it was like, oh, no. um, and, and yeah, there's a reason I'm saying this. So, I, you know, I was like, I was just rushing, like had never met the promoter before, like somehow found him. And, um, you know, Bang On are really well known for their crazy, like renegade setups, um, mm-hmm. as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And they just kind of like hoisted me on, on top of a bus. And, you know, I dance a lot during my set, as you probably, you guys probably saw during, during Shami. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> the whole bus was just shaking. And I was like, whoa, what, what is going on? I thought I was going to topple over the entire thing. Um, and then I remember mid-set, and I, I'm still kind of shaken from my car accident, right? right? Like, I'm playing this party, playing this party for the first time. Like, had a car accident on the way. Um, and I had to jump out of my Uber and grab a cab, like, in the middle of nowhere. And, um... All of a sudden, they come up to me and they're like, um, "Do you mind if we, you know, breathe fire in your face?" <laughs> <laughs> and what did you say? I said, um, "Do I have a choice?" <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, 
they're like, don't worry, you'll be fine. It won't come anywhere near you. Like, oh, I felt the heat, but uh, luckily my, my face is, is <laughs> <Yeah>. still, <laughs> my face is still intact. But um, that's probably a, yeah, the craziest, um, yeah, DJ, uh, DJ story, just uh, completely unexpected. How, how would you get like back into the zone after something like that? You know, I always find it so <laughs> interesting. I hear some of these stories, right? And I'm just like, how in the hell do you even focus after yeah, uh, you just go with it. And you're kind of like, I mean, you're on a you're basically on a deadline every five minutes, right? Like, right. <laughs> your track's gonna run out in five minutes. And it's <laughs> yeah, gonna be exactly it's it, it, like, it's complete silence. And everyone's looking at you if that happens. So it's, <laughs> a, it's a kind of a uh, innate pressure. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just you kind of just got to do it, right? Like, I mean, you, there's, you, there's no option. I mean, there is that option yeah. of, of doing that, but it's not going to be a good time for, for anybody, at least oh, not right. the, the DJ. Um, yeah, so like, exactly. yeah, that, that's such a that's such a cool, interesting story. I think Samir, the I think Birdie, didn't we talk to somebody else who had a similar thing where they got on a car crash before? Oh yeah, that was Birdie. Yeah, before opening up for so, nitty gritty or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Aki, uh, our our last our first artist spotlight was with a friend of ours. His name is Birdie. He he does like dubstep and trap. And uh, he unfortunately he got into a car accident be, uh, before one of his biggest sets. He was opening up for Nitty Gritty down in the uh, D.C. Maryland area. So, uh-huh. oh man, I, I hope our podcast isn't cursed. Dude. Yeah, I'm you like, know? what's going? <laughs> yeah, it's these drivers. All right, drivers, what the hell is going on? Stop wrecking into our artists before they can even go. Right there, before they can even play. Yeah. Come on, give them a shot. Jeez. <laughs> It's like they know, right? It's like, you know, yeah, they know it's you're like, running late. Uh, they, yeah. <laughs> they're like, because you, yeah. you're thinking, you're like, man, I'm going here. This is going to be so much fun. This is too good. Someone's yeah. just going to, someone's got to do something. Lo and behold, you got these drivers. Oh, it really helps to have friends around you, though. I mean, I, I had a car full of friends when that happened, and, you know, they kind of like, divided up like half were like kind of taking care of the accident situation and the other half were like trying to like put me in like the first cab to just get me to my set so um it helps to have that support system <laughs> yeah how how has that been sure. since you've been like you know kind of because you are you're you're on the rise I mean how how has that been I mean it must be kind of a crazy ride for your friends yeah I mean it's um I mean first of all I mean they supported me since my early days like since I was playing in a, a little corner on like the Gansevoort East and, you know, just, uh, oh, wow. uh, starting out and really, you know, didn't know anyone. And um, it, it helps to have a following and they've always just kind of, you know, showed up for me, which I really appreciate because it looks really good, obviously, when you play a set and to the promoters, if you're bringing in like, you know, 20 to 30 people. Um, and I think to them, like, you know, they didn't really know where it was going either. They were just like, okay, she's into it. She likes it. We're, you know, we're going to go support and why would we turn down a party? Right. So, um, uh, I think, uh, you know, they've just been really proud of me and, and really supportive, um, and understanding as well, which is the biggest thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not always available for things like brunch during right. the day. That's like my work time. Um, Right. And just, you know, I, I maybe can't see them every week anymore, but maybe every two weeks. So they've just been really understanding and supportive that, you know, I'll be there when it matters. But um, otherwise, like, I need time to myself to actually make progress on uh, what I want to do. Absolutely. Aki, if you had to, you know, give some tips to people who are, you know, wanting to get into DJing and producing, what would be some of those tips that you have for them? Um, 
first off, if you want to do it, that means you have to do it. So don't think twice about it. Just, just do it. Um, I think, uh, you know, patience is key. Um, it can often be you know, pretty frustrating in the beginning when, you know, things just aren't happening as quickly as you expect. Uh, mm. it, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a, um, a, a people industry. Like you, you have to know the right people for sure. And, uh, you know, the rest will follow, but it takes time to get to know those people, you know, and, uh, you know, be present at the right time and, you know, continuously be talking to the right people. So, I would say just like, you know, be patient, just keep going, um, definitely produce, um, you know, it's, it's up to you what you want to do first. But um, I would say that I think it's really important to um, be doing both. I think you should be constantly playing your sound out there, but, you know, practice um, putting together good sets, different sets to really make you unique. Um, practice being right. under that, that pressure that, you know, we spoke about earlier. Um, but I, after I started learning how to produce, I think it actually made me um, a better DJ as well, you know, because I was just could yeah. understand like sound levels a lot better. And, you know, when I'm transitioning between tracks, like, you know, you understand more about maintaining the energy um, from track to track, which you, you know, may not always understand um, if you don't really have a, a good knowledge of, of sound design. So um, it's funny that um, I think that actually learning how to produce could uh, can make you a, a better DJ. Do you prefer producing or DJing uh, one over the other, or do you enjoy them both equally? It's funny because one is like instant gratification, you know, and um, the other is kind of more like a long-term reward, if that makes mm, sense. For sure. Um, so, yep. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying like um, you don't have to work hard to play a good set because you do, but when you're DJing, you know, you're, you're playing tracks, you're right there and the audience is right there and the energy is right there and you're, you're feeling that energy and, you know, you're on a high from it for like days to come. Whereas producing is so different. It's like mm. super antisocial. You're, you know, you're, you're by mm -hmm. yourself a lot. Like you're, you're working through things like in isolation. Um, you know, you're, you're getting frustrated. Um, you're getting distracted easily. and like, but that work is worth it for the reward where you actually have like a finished product to show. Absolutely. If that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. And speaking of DJing, I mean, are there any notable moment during a time where like, you know, you've been playing and you were like, yeah, this, this is something that I can totally see myself doing, you know, and taking this further and further. Like what was a defining moment for you in your career so far where you were like, yeah, like this is for me. I am, I am Aki and I want to continue to grow my sound and my brand? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was honestly when I, I realized I was being, you know, regarded as an artist versus like a DJ. And that, you know, gradually happened as I was, you know, you know, playing better set times. And as I was playing, playing better set times, I was able to play to like, you know, bigger crowds and, you know, really try to hone in my sound. And I realized, you know, that people are enjoying what I'm putting out there and like, you know, I'm getting good feedback and I mean, anyone, everyone can improve and, you know, there's always, you know, ways to, to be better, but I've just kind of want to trust in that and believe that I could have something special um, to contribute and to keep going. So, you know, I think it was that. And I think it was also just, you know, I'm, as, as we kind of talked about earlier, I'm just very passionate about bridging the gender gap in the industry and just, you know, really promoting equal opportunity and 
it really feels like I have a, a big role to play in that. And I, I could have a bigger role to play in that. And like, I, I, I think it's a no brainer to just, you know, keep doing that. And I would regret it if I didn't. <laughs> totally. Like love you, it. You're, I think love you're, that. I think Samir, you'd agree. I, you're really coming in at the perfect time to be, to be focusing on this, you know, not only is it something that I think is needed, but it's something that is, it's, it's a good time where, you know, someone like you can come in and actually have an impact and, and contribute to some change. So again, like that's just so awesome to hear you doing that because, you know, I, I don't know about you, but personally, when I, when I go to a set, when I am going to see a festival or a concert, I feel like I'm engaging in an experience that's more than just my own, you know, and Right. A lot of people have issues with saying, should you be, in, you know, should artists be involved in these type of things? But I think especially with electronic music, something that is so much of like a, a feel to it, a connection piece to it, right? I mean, you know, a lot of these right. things are just sounds, but you can experience emotions from these random sounds to some people, right? But, yeah. um, you know, that that collective experience is, is, is so big. So like, do you, do you feel that way when you're, you know, on the stage? Do you feel connected to your crowd? in that sense or am I just crazy and you know <laughs> thinking of music being a different way than it is I could be I could be very crazy I don't know. no absolutely I mean when I'm up there it's like there's nothing but me in the crowd <laughs> it's like it's like everything else just kind of you know it disappears like yesterday doesn't matter like I don't think about the next day it's just that moment you know the people that are there and it's it's kind of like I feel that I I'm like, I'm obliged to serve. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, you know, providing like a service where I'm, you know, giving you, giving them like an educational experience. So it's not just about, you know, playing the tracks that everyone wants to hear, uh. but it's about kind of, you know, engaging them, showing them something new. And as a curator, it's my job to, to do that. So, you know, I, I see that as kind of like, like they're like, you know, they're the, they're the artists to me. And I'm like, you know, giving them like what I think they should learn. Interesting. Like that's, that's a really great perspective on it. And I think that there's something that Samir and I've been talking about on the podcast for the last few episodes. There seems to be this issue emerging where people don't really give artists or DJs or producers uh, a, a chance and that they only want that immediate gratification of what they want to hear. Do you, do you feel that tension ever when you're playing a set? Like, do you ever get nervous? Like, oh, are they, you know, are they, this is, is this what they're going to want to hear? Are they going to, are they going to get, can I get them into my vibe? Or is that something you just kind of like push past you? Like, you know what, I'm the curator. I'm going to go out there and control this room. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. You bring that up. Um, that took a lot of practice to kind of do the latter we just mentioned, which is like, you know, I'm the curator. Like, you know, I, I feel like I know best in this moment. Um, and that took time to be able to do, because I feel like at first when you're DJing, you have that instant gratification element, right? Where you're, you know, you're feeding off the energy and, you know, um, mm -hmm. electronic music, especially tech house is full of these like high, you know, builds and, you know, and drops where that just really get people going. It's really nice to see that and hear that. So it's definitely a, you know, a bit of a weird feeling when you like, you throw in something new, um, mm. and everyone's like, Oh, Whoa, what was that? Like, how, how do I dance to that? Or it's something a little experimental right. and people are like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't really know what to do with this right now. And, um, <laughs> I think what I've learned is like, first of all, you're never going to please everyone. Right. And that's mm. why music is so great. And it's such a, you know, 
diverse um, thing because not everyone is going to like everything I play and everything, you know, anyone else plays. And that's okay. That's fine. That's why we have, you know, different spaces, different venues, different artists. Um, but also there's something to be said about, um, as kind of I was saying earlier, like guiding people through the experience. So at first it kind of might be disoriented, but it's your job to kind of orient them through this, you know, new education and like this new vibe and, you know, Mm -hmm. show them like why this is important to know and learn about as well. And not just what you're familiar with. So don't get put off by people's reactions to something new, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I can, I can only imagine how, you know, that probably takes quite a bit of resilience to, to build up, you know? Um, and and I'd ask you about trends before, and this is kind of the place that I wanted to get to and ask you this question since I thought you had a pretty good insight to this, but I, you know, on the, you know, not underground, but on the, on the level where you're not, you know, playing main stages and things, do you, do you feel like people are, generally more accepting of trying new things like those new songs or you know is there have you have you sensed anything are there any trends with that are are, are there people being more closed off of things or people being more open because there's just been a lot of cases recently quite publicly where you know people have just kind of rejected an artist doing something new yeah like so you mean like in the kind of more mainstream like area like yeah like in the mainstream and like is that mirrored in what you're doing too or is it kind of like two separate worlds almost with that yeah that's a good point i mean i kind of hmm. <laughs> sorry to turn this into like a I philosophical think, no no, no, <laughs> like no it's, it's really interesting thing. i think first of all it's, it's a little hard to generalize for sure i think there, there are definitely you know um mainstream artists that are you know trying to push the boundaries a little bit. I mean, I think Anna Leno is a great example of someone mm. who um, just constantly tries to keep it fresh. You know, like she really has her ear on the underground, but also is, is very well connected to what's going on in the mainstream and through multiple genres. And um, I think she's really good at kind of staying ahead of it and, you know, you know, trying new things, but also like, you know, keeping her audience engaged with like what's familiar. So I think, you know, when it comes to things like that, like she's really great at kind of, you know, setting that example and, you know, not really worrying too much about um, what people are going to say or, you know, what people are going to do. I think there's definitely this added pressure, though, when you're more mainstream to kind of um, cater to to people and like, you know, cater to like the larger crowd. And as someone who's not a mainstream artist, like I can't, I I don't think I can like fully honestly say because I'm not in their shoes but I could Mm -hmm. see how being like a mainstream artist would kind of you know add that pressure because you're being booked for a certain vibe that you know people are familiar with and you're you know expected to play a certain thing and you're also under a lot of scrutiny because you have a lot of more ears on you a lot more eyes on you and like a lot more you know blogs like you know reviewing you and um Mm. I feel like there's an additional pressure there whereas in the underground scene it's expected that you're different and you're experimenting and, you know, it's kind of like the other way around. Like you're shunned if you're like criticizing an artist for trying to be different. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, right. like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a different culture. Like here it's, it's, you know, it's, it's cool to, to like someone that's doing something a little different and, you know, not to like follow the mainstream and, and stay ahead um, in the underground scene. So it's, it's kind of like a reverse culture there. Yeah, that's just, it's such, you, I think you're exactly right. It's, it really is a reverse culture. And it's part of the reason why we wanted to start this podcast is really, you know, giving more light to people who aren't in the mainstream, people who are doing things different. Because to be honest, I, I do think people 
would be more willing if they were just exposed to more, right? And I think that's part of the totally issue yeah. with the mainstream with with mainstream music and, and, and culture and stuff like that is that it becomes almost like this echo chamber where nothing else outside of it comes in. And that's what Samir and I wanted to do with this podcast is to have people on like you who are who are doing things who are you know on you know on the front lines in the trenches seeing what the vibes are for the future and you're going to be helping shape those um you know those sounds and what people like and hopefully from this podcast we, we will be able to show that you can be you know it is possible to be pretty mainstream but also you know try things that are new so i i hope yeah. that i hope that you continue down this trend because i you know i we, we were just talking about it we really do think that you could uh do some pretty awesome things <laughs> thank you guys so much and it's honestly like you know really supportive outlets like these and people like you guys that you know help make that happen um so appreciate it i oh, mean without plat- without platforms like these i mean who would you know know about us find out about us and be interested so um i know it's not easy to take time out of your day with all the other responsibilities to run something like this so um i know the artists like me and the community appreciate it oh that's great to hit we love this. We love doing this. I mean, we just love the electronic music scene and we just love talking to artists and just, you know, learning more about what's happening and, you know, just kind of, I guess, having fun with it. You know what I mean? Just keeping it conversational, keeping it light and uh, just having a good time with it. Um, and uh, Aki, you know, we definitely appreciate, you know, you coming onto the show as well. And of course, for your fantastic set at Analog right before Chami went on. That was massive. Um, <laughs> and, you know, before we wrap up, I'm interested to hear like what's next what's next for you you know we we talked about that you have your own original coming out soon which we can't wait to hear what else is in the pipeline for you yeah definitely so um i have i have a few shows coming up um so uh samir if you're around i'll be playing shemansky next saturday so uh definitely hit me oh, up nice. if, you, if you want to come through um and uh so a couple of shows elements music festival um i'm really trying to use this year to line up productions though so I'm very grateful for the sets that, um, you know, my team is able to secure for me. Um, but you know, my priority is really to be constantly lining up new music. Um, and you know, that's really what's going to be in the pipeline. So focusing on that so that I can actually be, you know, touring more next year, um, you know, playing bigger sets, um, playing better set times as well. Um, so yeah, that's uh, really going to be my focus. It's just a, a lot of music and, uh, figuring out, um, you know, where I want to go with my sound. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to see what you do next. And, uh, you know, before, before we sign off here, is there anything else that you want to mention to us, uh, or mention to the listeners while we still have you? Um, no, just, uh, you know, I, you know, always love to hear from, um, everyone. So please feel free to always, you know, send a message or, and, uh, you know, if you're at a show, please like do come say hi. I love meeting new people. I met a ton of new people at the Shami show and um, that was awesome. So, nice. um, you know, it's this is all about fostering um, community and engagement. So, uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. The last thing I have to say is please come to please come to California, play in California. Love to, love to see <laughs> I would you love again. to. Yeah. <laughs> we'll set it up. Let's do it. Come on, we could do it. <laughs> coast do to it. coast. We'll, we'll be on the beats night. There you go. In, uh, in San Fran. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd exactly. be great. I actually played a uh, spontaneous uh, B2B closing set at a Halcyon, I think. It was years ago. Oh. Like it wasn't it wasn't properly built or anything. It was like kind of like, you know, very um in the moment. But uh I remember that being a lot that of fun. is so sick that's yeah. awesome <laughs> what do you think of halcyon sorry quick thing but what do you think of halcyon as a, as a as i any? really i really i really liked it actually um you know it's had like a really nice intimate um 
intimate space. And mm-hmm. um, what, I don't know if it's still like this now, but when I was there, there was like, you know, kind of bottle service um, everywhere, which is um, a little different to the kind of spaces I normally play, but no one was like really, you know, pretentious about it. Um, everyone was really, you know, warm and welcoming and people were just like, you know, sharing their table and it, it felt like a nice. really nice, like, you know, like warm environment. And yeah, and, you know, people were uh, really having a good time. Yeah, that's kind of how it, that. that's kind of how it is. I mean, I think there might be maybe a little less uh, focus on the bottle service now, but it's generally still that that vibe. You know, I, I've only uh, for full disclosure, I've only been a couple of times, unfortunately, um, just because sometimes when the artists come through, like you know, there's quite a big tech house and techno scene in San Francisco, so people really uh-huh. hop on these tickets very quickly. Um, actually, what's funny last night I saw Charlotte Dewitt. She played uh in in san francisco as well so so that that was neat but unfortunately it wasn't a halcyon it was at this other venue called public works but uh i digress that that was that that's awesome and uh again please come back to come play halcyon again (laughs) yeah yes definitely definitely i'll uh i'll let you know when i'm out there fantastic great all right well listeners thank you guys so much for joining us for our second artist spotlight with the one and only aki right here uh from my area in brooklyn new york we are so so thankful for you for taking your time out of your day to speak to us especially right before game of thrones starts (laughs) of course we're never gonna you know impede and back into the time of, of game of thrones because it's sacred to alec and i as well but Aki, thank you so much for talking to us. And, you know, we're really, really excited for what you're going to be doing next here in the scene, the electronic music world. And listeners, you guys can check her out in our show notes. We're going to have all her socials, her SoundCloud profile as well, as well as her uh, Midnight Snack mix series, a link to that as well. Uh, It's going to be super accessible through there in your podcasting app or on Facebook, where we will also be uh, posting the show notes as well. But uh, that's that's it. Awesome. Great. Thank you Thank so you much, guys. guys. I appreciate of it. Of course. Awesome.